Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows water is life, and a person thrilled with our guest today. Joining us by phone is Arnie Carlson, who served as Minnesota governor from uh, January 7th of 1991 to January 4th of 1999. And in studio with us is environmental activist and founder of Wilderness in the Cities, Holly Jenkins, who's helping me produce the show. So welcome. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. And uh, welcome, um, Arnie Carlson. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely delighted. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ollie. Well, I um, became involved in some environmental activism probably for many years now. I've been um, founder of Wilderness in the City, which is striving to increase awareness for the nature-based opportunities that we have and we need to protect right here in the metro area. Um, I'm also on the board of directors with Friends of the Boundary Waters, and we are striving, of course, to continue to preserve our clean water in the Boundary Water and Lake Superior watersheds. Great. So, Arnie Carlson, you've been an outspoken advocate uh, for water um, your entire life. Um, You want to talk a little bit about your connection to water? Well, I have... I, I I would say that when I came to Minnesota in the fall of uh, 1957, uh, that was the time of the Hams beer ads, <laughs> and it was all these dancing bears and nature and pure waterfalls and this joyous song about the land of sky blue waters, and I've never forgotten the identity of that ad with with what I would define as the quality of life of Minnesota. And then when you live up there for well over 50 years, it begins to dawn on you uh, that water is the most precious resource we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, The world roughly, if I recall correctly, and somebody can can correct me if I'm wrong, roughly 20% of the world right now cannot get good quality drinking water. And that number is getting worse each and every year. Uh, It's a commodity in high, high demand. And just because we think uh, we have uh, plenty of it doesn't mean that we should abuse it. And we've done that. Uh, some 65% of all of our waters now uh, are contaminated. And that number is growing. And it's really hard to even wake up. We had a story in Dakota County, both um, Holly and I are from Dakota County, where there was actually a proposal to ship um, deep aquifer groundwater to other states. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- that actually has been on the table as long as I can remember. I, my first uh, uh, brush with that was uh, Lake Superior. Uh, there was talk, and it never got beyond the talking stage, of, of having pipelines, uh, mm-hmm. pipe water. You may recall some, some time back there was a huge dispute between Uh, Colorado, I think it was Arizona, and and, uh, California, uh, over water rights. And that dispute very likely still continues. I think it involved the Colorado River. But suffice it to say, there were large hunks of land that were completely deprived of water and in very much need of it. So when you mentioned the Great Lakes, I know that there is an effort on, there, there is an agreement that that won't happen in the Great Lakes. Isn't it, wouldn't it make sense to expand that? Um, type of safety measures across the entire state of Minnesota. Um, You're absolutely right. Uh, The state of Minnesota would be well served uh, if we would instantly start talking about developing a comprehensive water policy. Mm -hmm. It's almost stunning when the report came out that not a single uh, uh, political or elected official came out and said we need a statewide policy. And what would a statewide policy look like? Well, that's something you would develop. I, I think what it allows you to do is, one, it allows you to take inventory of the assets you currently have. Secondly, the, the condition of those assets and whether or not they're moving in a negative or a positive direction. And thirdly, what do we do to protect what we have and what do we do to improve that water that's already been, been contaminated? So let me ask you this. I would think that this would bring in some government agencies, and right now there's there's a bit of concern over the state of our government agencies, and are they really out there protecting Minnesotans and clean water? Because we're seeing a lot of, um, what's the right word, controversy taking place right now with the, with the MCEA and how they've 
Uh, well, I, I think we have to be blunt about it. Uh, it it's not the, really controversy. It, yes. It's out now corruption. There you go. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think we have to pussyfoot around. Uh, when we hire people uh, to protect the environment, and those same people uh, try to prevent the public from knowing yes. uh, the negative uh, parts of, uh, in this case, polymet mining and the harm it would do to human beings and the human uh, ability to drink water, uh, they're working against uh, our interest and they're working against the interests of, of good government. Uh, where was the investigation? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'm. I mean, I, I, in, in the years that I've been uh, in Minnesota, I have never ever seen as much um, misuse of government funds, mismanagement, and out and out dishonesty as I've seen recently. Wow. Okay. I'm. So, um, Governor Arnie Carlson, you served for ten years. Um, and and you say there's there's corruption that you say that the government's not working for the public good, instead is no. working for the private benefit of a few, and it's a corrupt. Oh, I system. don't think there's any question about it. Uh, let's go back uh, to January of 2019. <laughs> At that point, a new administration is coming into power. Uh, from the time of the election in November of 2018. You go through a process known as the transition. That means that the incoming administration works with the outgoing administration, department by department by department. And each department put out all the information, all the issues, all of the concerns um, that it has. So that there's no surprise when the new administration comes in. We inherited this process from the British, it's a form of continuity of government. I find it very hard to to understand, one, where the emails uh, that the PCA was sending to the EPA relative to making, to to requesting that the EPA not uh, publicly divulge the findings of the health condition of the water. Uh, be kept private. Uh, were those emails forwarded and given to the Walls administration? If not, that means that the Dayton administration was deliberately and knowingly withholding them. The only way we're finding out now is because of a lawsuit by an environment by some by environmental groups that's going to be resolved by the court. And the court recently issued a statement that. Uh, asking the, or not asking, uh, re- demanding of the PCA that uh, there be no further destruction of any emails and that there will be a forensic uh, examination of all communications that have taken place. Where was Governor Waltz? Why wasn't the Attorney General called in? Why wasn't there an immediate oversight by the legislature? You know, and I want to. Nothing. Nothing took place. They, each and every group, uh, each and every party ignored it. I just want to add, you know, everything you're pointing out is so uh, concerning. Again, maybe that's not the right word, but what, from an advocacy standpoint, the public has tried desperately to do everything they can to protect our clean water, to protect our wild rice-rich environment. Um, the voices are not being taken into consideration during these decision-making processes. What what can we as communities do to change this corrupt nature of what we're seeing take place in our government? Well, I mean, you have elections, and uh, this should be a, an issue uh, of great concern uh, to the public of Minnesota. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that every several weeks you read a story about some community having its water supply sufficiently damaged or contaminated or whatever. Um, we know that White Bear Lake, uh, for instance, with Water Gremlin, has for years uh, been trying to get to the source of, of uh, their uh, water problems and that the PCA uh, dragged its feet and the administration uh, dragged its feet. 
Uh, we now read of the same kind of a problem going on, or I should say same, it's not true, a different kind of a problem, but yet one that contaminates the water supply in Bemidji, Minnesota. Bemidji is the place, the source of the Mississippi River, but it's also perceived to be the source of so much of our clean water, and that's in jeopardy. Uh, White Bear Lake, and, and, and then you have the old contamination of 3M. Uh, so we're seeing all these separate water crises throughout Minnesota, and there appears to be an appalling lack of interest on the part of, of, of our state government. Mm-hmm. There's a film that uh, we have coming up. We have a film festival coming up, and there's a film specific on a the last unditched stream in Renville County called Limbo Creek. And the film is going to look at the impact of the agricultural drainage and ditching on local residents, yeah. the farmlands being eroded, the impacts on the community. This is so much more widespread, um, yeah. the concern. And you find out about it after the fact. We need to fix these problems before we are in a crisis mode. And that's what we're asking our elected officials to do. Yet they seem to be content um, just waiting it out. I don't know what they're waiting for. Well, let's be be very blunt about it. Every day you read a story about the legislature holding hearings um, on marijuana. (laughs) One would think that the biggest crisis in the state of Minnesota is that people don't have sufficient access to marijuana. Well, on this happy note, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're talking to uh, former Governor um, Arnie Carlson and Holly Jenkins about water. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the agricultural issues with water. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio 950. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the center? Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-center.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods. Economists say 70% of our economy is driven by consumer spending. What if we shifted our spending? You betcha box we can. You betcha box offers a wide selection of locally sourced gift boxes that are a perfect gift this holiday season. This unique gift is ideal for clients and the foodie in your life. The Land of Lakes Tea Box features well-rooted tea, 100% sourced from local farms and foraged from Minnesota forests. Ames Farm single-source honey, savory marsh flower from Delano, and some chai masala from St. Paul-based Ancient Indian Spices, zesty lemon rosemary nuts from Isidore Nut Company, and Annie's Caramels. Find all these products, plus an exclusive local Love Gray Duck Minnesota Proud Tea Tall, in the AM950 sponsored The Land of Lakes Tea Time You Betcha Box. Perfect for client gift-giving, family celebrations, and creating your very own Land of Lakes Tea Time. Go to YouBetchaBox.com and order Land of Lakes Tea Time. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we never add fillers or basting solutions. Just 100% pure turkey. And we're proud to remain an independent family farm. Looking for an extra special addition to this year's Thanksgiving feast? Our fresh, never-frozen turkeys remove the hassle of thawing and can be picked up just days before your celebration. Available at natural food stores across the region. Reserve your fresh, free-range Thanksgiving turkey for pickup at our store right on our farm in Scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our retail partners. For more information on finding our Ferndale Market Thanksgiving turkey near you, visit us at ferndalemarket.com. That's ferndalemarket.com. Thank you for your support of local foods and farmers. We'll hope to see you at Ferndale Market soon. FerndaleMarket.com.
back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, a student of permaculture, a person who knows water is life, and a person uh, thrilled to be joined with uh, uh, by Arnie Carlson, uh, the former uh, governor of Minnesota from 1991 to 1999, and Holly Jenkins, um, who was with Wilderness in the Cities. And Arnie, um, when I was talking about um, polymath and the the government hasn't been working for clean water for it seems like the public interest um and part of that is that there's almost seems like there's this um it's an economic lock on the system is the environment one place and the um economy somewhere else i mean is is that's what well, sits I, behind I, I this think we have to stop looking at, at, at our problems in, in the context of environment versus business versus jobs, uh, etc. The truth is it's all part of the totality of life. We all need employment. Um, we all need access to a quality life. Though there is one thing and I'm going to hop in. I'm just going to hop in really quick. Do you know that hunter-gatherers only work 20 hours a week? <laughs> I mean, we. So, but you're right. We all need quality of life. Sorry for cutting you off yeah. there a bit, but. <laughs> no, but we do, and and you can't separate environmental concerns from human concerns. Uh, I had humorously suggested some months ago that we have a pipeline uh, from the St. Louis River down to the governor's residence and to the legislature. So that all of our leaders can drink that wonderful water. Uh, and we should do that. I mean, think about Flint, Michigan. Virtually every single person who made that terrible decision that affected the lives of thousands and thousands of our children and adults, every one of those people lived somewhere else. They did not have to live with the consequences of their own thoughtlessness. And we have the exact same thing going on here. It's interesting. The you bring, exact same. It's interesting you bring that. How can we justify a political system that runs up and down the state holding these endless hearings on, on marijuana and not one single hearing, not one, on the corruption at the Pollution Control Agency, uh, the lack of honesty at the Department of Natural Resources, and not one on the permitting process of polymet, including the possibility, a very distinct possibility, that if polymet were to proceed and there were to be a disaster, it would be in excess of $6 billion. That's roughly one-third of our state's annual budget. And not one single hearing. When one organization, an environmental organization, asked the majority leader, who's the one that's taking uh, groups of legislators up and down the state on marijuana, asked to meet with him, the answer was no. We know everything there is to know. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to jump back a little bit to the Flint, Michigan is a fiasco that you mentioned because even in that situation so similar to what we're seeing here is the lack of accurate communication or just meaningful communication between the elected officials and the people they represent those folks in flint michigan were trying to get the answers they were trying to find out what was happening and they were outright being lied to um you, no. you know and if that's what's happening here it will surface but not until after the crisis occurs and that, that, that's, that's such exactly a historic correct. way of thinking. You ha we have to change this line of thinking that it's only after a tragedy, it's only after a crisis that we as the public act, that the legislators act. Um, people have some stake in this in that they need to be engaged. They need to educate themselves and and weigh in on this issue to their legislators. If they're not hearing from enough people, it's, it continues to just move business along as usual, and that's no longer well, working for us. Things I would add to that. The first is you have to have a media that is genuinely focused and able to carry out the kinds of investigations and review of malfeasance and misfeasance that is required. Ever since the departure of... Uh, the Coles family from ownership of the Minneapolis Star Tribune, 
Uh, that paper is done on two courses. One, uh, it doesn't have the kind of funding that it needs to sustain the kind of high level of operation it used to have. But the second thing, its focus has shifted much more to sports uh, than it has to governance. So and I... we, the people, have to start speaking out against that. If you want to know what a local high school uh, did in football, you can rest assured it will be covered. <laughs> so, Arnie but Carlson, I, day, actually, I can, um, find, I can I'm, speak I'm a lot. I'm trying to find out why they haven't adequately covered the PCA corruption. Well, and I, I, I feel I mean, the PCA corruption is... is um, I, I want to just talk a little bit about the the media and the funding of it. I'm a I'm a journalism grad. I actually worked on Paul Wellstone's first campaign the same time you won, the same year you won, uh, for the first time. But um, yeah. but media and how it's funded. I mean, it, it's almost the same dynamic. And part of what I think is is hopeful is how do we make a shift in the entire economy? AM nine fifty is owned by a person who only owns one radio station. Food Freedom Radio is on the air because of Seward Co op. It's on the air because of Minneapolis Farmers Market and Sidka Salmon Share yep. and Audubon of the Northwoods is one of our sponsors. So it's an yep. integration of advertising. And so supporting those voices is key. And also trying to support this um this activism where people own their government. I mean that's mm-hmm. the ideal behind democracy you know i think that and i've talked to governor carlson in the past when you made such a clear point that boy when these politicians or the candidates come to your door they say they're going to work for you you get to vote but that's not the end of the day you need to not only vote for the person that shares your values but then follow along and watch what are they really doing are they really working for you because often what happens is that people leave the voting booth and then they're done and they don't come back and really watch what's happening until the next election cycle. Well, I, I, as a former governor, have written several times to my two legislators. I'm still waiting for a single response. Hmm. That surprises me. Yeah, it surprises me. It absolutely surprises me. No, I think we're seeing a tremendous search for big money. And contrary to all the ballyhoo, much of the money that comes into politics is never disclosed. Well, and that's one thing I saw in your background that you were supporting. Um, it's a one uh, issue one. It's a nonpartisan national group that seeks to reduce the role of money in politics. Yeah, and there are all sorts of ways you can do it. But let's start first with closing the loopholes that both political parties seem to be very interested in protecting. And we refer to it as dark money. The truth is we don't know how much international money flows to both political parties and it's earmarked for states and earmarked for candidates. We don't know anything about that. There isn't, as far as I know, there is not a single committee in the United States Congress or in the state of Minnesota that's looking at the existence and the influence of dark money. We do know we have a report from the CIA uh, that Glencore... Uh, the owner of Polymet that wants to mine in northern Minnesota. They spent over three plus million dollars bribing public officials in one country alone. So uh, that's a CIA report. Governor Arnie Carlson, we need to take a break. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. Legal issues, never fun, and they're certainly stressful. While it's tempting just to Google your legal situation, there is a better way. The Hennepin County Bar Association. Their referral counselors can answer many of your questions, like do you even need an attorney? And if you do, what type? They can connect you to a network of over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer. Economists say 70% of our economy is driven by consumer spending. What if we shifted our spending? You betcha box we can. You betcha box offers a wide selection of locally sourced gift boxes that are a perfect gift this holiday season. This unique gift is ideal for clients and the foodie in your life. The Land of Lakes Tea Box features well-rooted tea, 100% sourced from local farms and foraged from Minnesota forests. Ames Farm single-source honey, savory marshmallow, from Dallas.
Delano, and some chai masala from St. Paul-based Ancient Indian Spices, zesty lemon rosemary nuts from Isidore Nut Company, and Annie's Caramels. Find all these products, plus an exclusive local Love Gray Duck Minnesota Proud Tea Tall, in the AM950 sponsored The Land of Lakes Tea Time You Betcha Box. Perfect for client gift-giving, family celebrations, and creating your very own Land of Lakes Tea Time. Go to YouBetchaBox.com and order Land of Lakes Tea Time. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women, the rape, the abuse, the emotional, physical. They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong. Think about it. They all hold the hate. Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate. Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be mostly sunny with a high near 40, and tonight partly cloudy with a low around 30. Sunday, sunny during the day with a high near 42, but at night, rainy with a low of 34. Monday, plan on rain and snow all day with a high of 42 and a low of 29. Eat local Minnesota.com's restaurant of the week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Offering a unique and contemporary spin on continental cuisine, Crooner specializes in food and drink made popular in the 1920s. Check out this fabulous dining experience at 6161 Highway 65 Northeast in Minneapolis. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, a student of permaculture, a person who knows water is life, and a very a person happy to be joined by uh, with uh, Governor Arne Carlson with us today and Holly Jenkins with Wilderness in the Cities. And we're talking about Minnesota waters. And uh, so I also want to make sure we get in the, the impact that agriculture has on Minnesota water. Um, and so if you look at the southern and the western part of the states where 78% of the land had, was trained and turned into monoculture, um, um, only um, 16% of the streams meet water qualities for Aquitland. Mm-hmm. Only 16% mm-hmm. where that monoculture has taken over. Okay, Arne, uh, Governor Arne Carlson, why is the water quality really poor in high ag areas? Well, I, I, th- I think we all know that it's caused by chemical runoff, which farmers feel is essential to the quality and and the productivity of agriculture. Um, What we don't understand is why, from a state perspective, uh, we aren't trying to figure out some solutions to that problem. I remember it was in the last several weeks, uh, one of the candidates for the presidency, Pete Buttigieg, uh, touched on that problem and talked about uh, technological advances uh, that would sustain quality agriculture uh, with less and less water and therefore less and less runoff. Uh, now, I know nothing more than that. But my point is, what's disturbing is I don't see any effort on the part of the state government itself to lay out an agenda that is concerned about our future. It seems like we're always reacting to yesterday's problems rather than anticipating what's taking place. I mean, how many times now do we have to be told that we have a water crisis approaching us in Minnesota, and yet I can't think of anybody on the state level who said, my gosh, maybe the time has come to to convene a group and develop a comprehensive water policy. Well, and again, I'm just going to throw in the public's voice because that is what the, the 
public and the constituents are sane, but it's not there there is a wall, there is a barrier no. there. There is a barrier. And when you look at feedlots or large CAFO operations, right. Minnesota right. has um, is producing more manure than as if there were yeah. thirty million people in the state because of the yeah. way that the feedlot operations work. And that right. directly that's point source pollution. Yes. And and so I mean I don't know what to do other than I, I side. I don't know what, what the excuse is uh, for our government to be so indifferent to the challenges of today and the challenges that are likely to come forth uh, tomorrow. I, I truthfully don't know that. But I do know this. We need a much more active, a much more persistent media than we currently have. And what is keeping we their voice? instantly more accountability. And we need business leadership that has to also see itself as providing community leadership like they used to do uh, when they were part of the Citizens League. Let me ask you this. The media has done some stories recently on on various issues that readers have been disappointed that it's been so neutralized. Everything's neutralized. Thank you. Thank you. Everything is sanitized. Yes, everything is. um, Why is that? Why has that changed over the years? You know, I truthfully don't know. Yeah. I truthfully do not know. I mean, is it again? I mean, I've met with reporters. I've talked with reporters. I don't sense any outrage on their part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, mean, I met with yeah. one reporter before he was to interview Governor Walz. And all I wanted him to do was to ask the question of the governor why do you refuse to do a health study on the waters that affect the Indian tribes? Uh, on Lake Superior and the people of Duluth. Why do you refuse a health study? And, and if they're worried about appearing as a biased organization, a question like that yeah. doesn't make you biased. But you know <laughs> so, what? The reporter didn't ask the question. Right, and and that's just it. They're not asking these hard questions that I, because I, I think I they're, they're so afraid of becoming this vision of being biased, and I, I don't view it as being biased. I view it as simply asking the right questions. Well, yeah, and I, I wrote an op-ed for the Star Tribune asking them to please build in accountability in your stories. How can you run these stories on the Department of Human Resources and see this waste and mismanagement of millions and millions of dollars, and never once in the article is there anything about an interview with the governor who is in charge of the whole thing. Now, what's your take on press releases? Because a press release goes out, and it may or may not be, um, you know, fully valid information, and I see that gets picked up pretty quickly. So it's almost as though the people who want to have twist some of the stories around can do so by their press release, and it doesn't seem to be well, getting I, validated. I would love to have been governor of the press release. <laughs> yeah. I mean, press releases are not necessarily just fact-based. Here's, and here's- I'm going to, you know, one of the things I'm going to, I really want um, to kind of move to um, a unity. And I think part of unity is to hear the hard facts and and what's happened to our water. I mean, what's the statistic in parts? 18% of the water meets standards. We've got nitrates in in our waters. We have a dead zone in in the Gulf of Mexico. There are so many issues with water. And I think that your idea of a statewide water um, tell us a little bit more about what you what what you see as the big solution um, to some of these well, complex water issues. Governors are not expected to be policy experts, but one they have full responsibility for how they manage each and every state agency. If anything goes wrong in a state agency, the governor is held accountable. The second part is a governor has an obligation to protect the future of the state he governs and to ask the questions. If you have a gap in education, as we do, if you have a gap between the income levels of rural and and urban Minnesota, as we do, if you have problems on water quality, as we do, if you have archaic laws in the area of mining, as we do, you use the interim period, which is right now, to spin off a series of task forces to study these concerns and to come back to the legislature with recommendations. I don't see that happening. And and that's why I'm so disappointed that somehow when you read the news, the biggest problem Minnesota has, and I'm not doing this to be humorous, is marijuana. Mm -hmm. It's the only issue that seems to be on Facebook. Yeah. It seems to galvanize the news. 
I mean, two years ago, it was an increase in the gas tax. But where are the are the larger policy initiatives? The the where is the vision to do things with with water um, and especially? I mean, I, I want to just say none. With none. none. And I, like one of one of the issues that's actually very problematic is salt on our roads and even how we use our water softeners in our homes. I, I mean, agree. I, th- I, I think agree. we. Yeah. So so let's talk about that salt salting the roads and what damage that causes to our waterways. Yeah, I think one county, if, if, if uh, not some others, I, I think I'm trying to uh, go an alternative route. But the point is. No, we don't expect our elected officials to be scientists, but we do expect them to be curious enough to want to bring the proper people, the, pro- the, the, the scientists, etc., together for the purpose of how can we solve these problems. Otherwise, frankly, if they're not there to solve the problems, why do we have them? Yeah. And we I- pay them an enormous amount of money. If we can close the session with five people, then <laughs> why in the world do we have all these other legislators? Because we still have hope. If we have a governor who's going to stonewall, yeah, why we... do we need a governor? No, well, people people can go on. Uh, people can go on uh, pca.state.mn.us, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff out there on water, and they're looking for public comments. Because part of it is how we also take responsibility mm-hmm. and how we get citizen activists and but but we also I mean you're right Arnie Carlson uh, Governor Arnie Carlson that we need that awareness and we're kind of we've we've lost the piece of the media we've lost a lot of the infrastructure that we had in the 90s including an informed citizen and how do we step up right now and sort of recreate something well and I want to say in some ways people have become disengaged because of your voice it's so hard to have your voice heard you're not seeing the response. When you do weigh in, you're not seeing any response. So, yes, people start to just say, forget it, it's not worth my time, and that has to change. No, I I think we have to amplify that because I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. And I work with, we've been working in this water thing now for the better part of two years, and I don't think we've moved a single legislator. I really and truly don't. Let me ask you this. I know that I've gotten the response from several legislators that they're they're not going to say anything on the water, um, the copper nickel mining that's being proposed, because if they do, the leaders of the party will it'll come back in their face. So how is it that these leaders of the committee chairs and party leaders are dictating what our local representatives should be supportive of? Um, where, well, where is that power structure those coming leaders in? have that kind of power is because the rest of the legislature gives them that power. So how does that get changed? I don't think anybody should run for the legislature if they're not willing to speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. I truly mean that. You know, and I've, I've seen too many um, just... They should simply get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how anybody can cower uh, in the shadows uh, and in the darkness on issues like water quality, polymet, corruption, uh, that's beyond me. They don't belong in public office. They honestly and truly don't. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know- but let me say something else. What we're not used to... We, we, we traditionally, in our political system, have banked on Republicans policing Democrats and Democrats policing Republicans. What we don't know how to handle is what happens when both parties are in collusion, which is the case with polymet. Both political parties want polymet. President Trump wants it. Governor Walz wants it. Both of our senators want it. Everybody in our congressional delegation is either silent or with polymet, and the only outspoken voice against it is Betty McCollum. Mm-hmm. And in the legislature, I think it's fair to say the leadership on both sides of the aisle is all for it. That's why there are no public hearings. But the only reason those legislators and those elected officials have power is because the rest succumb to them and give in and come up with the feeble excuse if i speak out i'll be punished so um arnie carlson now uh, you were the republican governor of the state of minnesota for um uh for eight years um in the 90s and um so why are you opposed to polymet isn't this gonna be like great jobs and lots of money and growth well if if if, if, if polymet is 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 a wonderful proposal 
I would think that all those people who support it, particularly in the legislature or the governor's office, the governor himself, you'd want many public hearings. Politicians are not known for their modesty. My heavens, if they do an act of virtue, they want the entire world to know. <laughs> why, are they, why are they hiding this? Yeah. Well, we know this. We know that the top two members of Governor Walsh's staff came from the law firm that represented Polymet. One of those people, the deputy, the number two person in the, in, in the governor's office, was the Polymet outside counsel. We know that the person who used to be the director of policy worked in the Senate for Tom Bach, who's the big legislative advocate for uh, Polymet. Um, Arnie Carlson, and, we need to take another break. Um, every you're listening time I to... get controversial, you want a break. I know, it's a plot. <laughs> no, just, just, this is Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. <laughs> The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the centre? Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-centre.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Don't wait. Get Black Friday Appliance Savings now from Warner Stellion. Choose from select top-rated Bosch dishwashers. Buy at the guaranteed Black Friday price, then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Save hundreds on heavy-duty laundry pairs and French door refrigerators. Then save more with Warner Stellion's trusted, fast, free delivery, basic installation, haul-away, and 18 months interest-free financing. Black Friday Appliance Savings before Thanksgiving from the specialist, Minnesota's own Warner Stellion. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Hackers, ransomware, security breaches. As I speak, cybercriminals are stepping up their attacks on businesses like yours. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Rymark. Rymark has the expertise and experience necessary to navigate your company to safe water. We launch our process with a network security assessment. We'll uncover the hidden threats to your business and provide you with a map to peace of mind. And it's free. Call 651-328-8900 or go to rymarkit.com to schedule your free security assessment today. Welcome back to uh, Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline and wonderful conversation with uh, Governor Arnie Carlson about polymed and water quality. And I want to um, make sure we get in to talk a little bit about activism. I may mention that in the state of Minnesota, it is as if we have 30 million people. That's because of the manure that we produce with our, our egg operations. 
But then in, there's this wonderful citizen activism that can make a difference. And I, I believe in that citizen activism, even though it's really, really hard. Um, but uh, we had uh, Burnett County um, in Wisconsin. They passed a moratorium on those KFO, KFO operations. And Holly, I know you've been a longtime activist and you have an event coming up where people can get together and sort of feel both inspired and also maybe um, just to kind of stand up. Well, no, I appreciate you mentioning that because, it's, you know, on this issue of water, we have a film festival coming up called the Wild and Scenic Film Festival on December 9th. And it will feature several films focused on water issues, including one here in Minnesota, um, the river that I mentioned earlier, Limbo Creek. And then there's uh, a, there's another film that features the Polymet, um, or the Mount Poly disaster that took place. And, uh, you know, we want people to be able to put a visual to the things that we're talking about right here. And so for anyone who would like to attend that, we have another one of the other films that talks about the salmon industry and how we as a society are killing off our salmon um, because of the food choices that we're making. Um, we have a, another film focused on Flint, Michigan. And then there's some really fun ones, too. So it's going to be a great event. It's early brewing. Um, I encourage anyone who has, you know, thoughts on not just water issues, but um, beyond just our environment in general and how we can start to integrate our societies with nature. It cannot integrate society and nature. Water is life. Cannot continue to separate these two pieces. It's our quality of life, and we need to make some really significant changes. And um, I think that Governor Carlson has pointed out um, there's more to this than just getting out and, and raising our signs and, and raising our voices. But we have to at least be doing that much, um, and then hold our elected officials accountable. Um, ask questions ask the right questions and if the media isn't going to do it then we can do it we We can can do it we can write letters to the editor we can call people out um for what they're actually doing and stop just re uh bringing the same people back who aren't really taking care of the critical long-term problems um we do not have to wait people get these tickets they should buy in advance because you might sell out yes i would love to have people visit wildernessinthecity.org um there is a link to purchase tickets it's ten dollars uh come a little early and have a surly beer and an appetizer if you'd (laughs) like and um be sure and just uh, let people know because i think activism when we all get together uh our voices are much louder right um arnie carlson governor arnie carlson can activists yes. make a difference? Can can uh, can we make a difference? Oh, I, I, I don't think there's any question about it. But I, 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 I do hope that when we talk about holding elected officials accountable, we really know what we're talking about. And that is not letting them off the hook with an excuse. I've never once heard a legislator or any person running for public office say, Elect me, and I'm going to give my vote to the caucus. Mm-hmm. Or elect me, and I'm going to give my vote to the majority leader or the minority leader. No. Every single one of them says, elect me, and I'll represent your interest. The sad reality is that's not the case. Absolutely. Right, right. And let's stop giving away the power that each individual legislator has and giving it to their leaders. That giving away power and to take our power as individuals, which is what activism is all about. It's about yes. recognizing our power to make a difference. Right. Yeah. And, if, and, if the person is not, is not, first of all, leaders are supposed to serve, not be masters. This is a democracy. A majority leader is the servant of his caucus, not the master of it. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I, I you, you know, we're talking about water, of course, and that's such a critical, as, as we all know, I mean, it's, it is life and it is a limited resource that we're seemingly taking for granted but it happens on different planes as well even as we talked about this incident in dakota county recently that the communities sought for so many years to have a simple change yeah, made. This, this is a this is a and real tragedy and it didn't happen for all these years and now everybody's stepping up and it's going to get changed in about two months so let's 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 back up a little bit because i mean people will say oh we can't do anything about road salt issues we all need road salt we can't do anything about That's climate change nonsense. we all need jobs you were active you you and neighbors wanted a simple crosswalk and now a child has died and because of the death of that child in dakota county now they can figure out how to make this crosswalk happen we have to stop this this mindless thought that we have you know, to can I share crises. a story with you? Sure, please do, Governor Arnie Carlson. Of the eight years that I was governor, 
there was one instance that I will live with the rest of my life. And it was a Saturday morning. We were home in Forest Lake, and the doorbell rang, and it was a woman and a small child. And she apologized for disturbing me on a Saturday. I invited her in, and she said that my son has autism and that your administration is in the process of making a rule change that's going to professionalize those people who serve the needs of autistic children. But unfortunately, that rule will mean that the student, the high school student who's taking care of my son, will not be able to serve my son. And she's the only one that really relates to this child. And I practically cried. And then I remembered coming in on Monday morning and calling down to the appropriate department and, and asking for the for, for us to, to revise and revisit the rules, etc. And then I, I get a note back late in the afternoon that it really can't be done. It, it's on its way uh, into passage, etc. And I said, no, it's going to be done. And a few days later, it was done. <laughs> and then on Christmas... I got this, imagine a, a wooden Christmas tree, and then there were little holes in it, and there were lollipops in each of the holes. So it was a Christmas tree of lollipops, about a foot and a half high. I never forgot that. It was made by that little boy. This is what government is about. Uh, you can forget the abstracts of, of government. You can forget the power plays and, and, and everything else. But that woman and that little boy will never, ever leave my mind. Thank you so much for sharing that, Arnie Carlson, Governor Arnie it Carlson. It's a very touching story. It, it, it just reminds it you how important government policy can be to people. Well, and it's also how important humanity is. And, you know, I think we're facing yes, crises with artificial intelligence and with putting everything in boxes and things getting so complex. And it really boils down to becoming alive to one another, getting back yep. to this water is life. Um, and I thank you so much. This hour went so fast. I was so happy to have you join us, Gar Governor arnie carlson and i'm honored thank you very much thank you and holly jenkins and again contact information you do have a blog arnie arnie carlson it's uh, yes it's arnie carlson blog and that's as much as i know <laughs> my wife says google it you'll google, get it yeah. <laughs> thank you again so much yeah. and holly your organization thank you wilderness in the city and we are working on legacy amendment issues i hope everyone will come check out our website wilderness in the cities and so i thank you so much for listening it's been an awesome show and activism is is hard alive but it's fun well. it's alive and well water is alive we can make clean water for the future generations because you know what? It's better that way. <laughs> so you're listening to Food Fair Radio on AM 950.